Hi there, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by Fans for Fans, and where the content is absolutely free. It is another bonus pod for you tonight, guys. We're previewing the Dundee game at Ibrox tomorrow. Uh, I'm joined by Alex Anderson, as, as it seems to be the the norm these days. Uh, so how's your Friday going, Alex? It was, it was going well until I tried to log on to uh, Jersnet there. <laughs> Apologies to everybody for being about five minutes too late. I'm on that bloody often these days. You think I'd know what I was doing by now, but um, no, the, I decided to get uh, get myself kicked out the system, and uh, my laptop was powering down. And basically, it's the kind of slackness that we're hoping a Rangers team that's only lost one game in about <laughs> ten years doesn't he, doesn't <laughs> succumb to on Sunday is tomorrow. Sorry, but uh, I good to be back, sir. Is, is this is this is this a long winded way of you saying to people that are tuned in live that? The reason we're three minutes late, it's, it's your fault, really. Yes, yes. That, that, that's as close you'll get to an apology. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, before we move on, I should probably complete the, the introduction. I sort of skipped a wee bit there. Uh, the main thing, I suppose, I want to mention is we're approaching 5,000 subscribers, guys. We're, I think we're about 60 or 70 off it. So uh, get subscribing to the, the, the YouTube channel. Put the word out there in social media. And, and, and as I say every week, guys, there's more than the, the podcast here at Jersnet. Get yourself onto the website. You know, you'll find lots of stuff there, especially the forums and there's a history archive, all that kind of a stuff. Uh, so, Eck, I thought we would look at, obviously we'd look at the Hibs game because uh, that, was a, that was a big result for us. And we'll preview tomorrow's game at Ibrox against Dundee. Uh, so on, on to Wednesday night, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how you felt and, and the build up to it, I mean, I was, I found myself being right up for it. If you know what I mean, really, really up for it. Uh, to the to the extent that I actually finished work a wee bit early and went for a couple of pints before the game because I just had that buzz and I really had a feeling that uh, Rangers were going to put on a performance and, and go to town. And I mean, I know we got the result, but it, it, it was a, for long stages, it was, an, it was another sort of turgid performance, really. Aye, in that uh, crazy kind of self-aggrandising way, I felt this is my fault. You know that that, that thing you think that you know all oh, your weak kind of superstitions and that. You know we all think it's us, it's us personally that's, in, yeah, that's uh, it, yeah. affecting these results. And I was the same as yourself, Colin. I go on and on about how anytime I'm positive about Rangers, things go you know yeah. tease up, um, and I felt that way. I was, I was the same as yourself. We were saying that in the preview pod uh, on Tuesday night. I was right up for it as well. I was really looking forward to. It. I hate. When we go Easter Road, I generally kind of hate playing Hibs uh, these days. Hate's a strong word. I'm, I don't look as I don't look forward to it in the way you should. Yeah, it's not a fixture I enjoy. Um, but I found myself not really caring about the opposition this time. It was more I was just the first two games under Geo. I was really looking forward to seeing what the variations were going to be there. You and I were talking about you know um, we probably maybe bring Steve Davis back in to try and you know kind of um, show things up a bit more. Uh, in respect to the, the the Hibernian attack, but it just turned into a kind of oh a real I, I just I just a nerve fest. I just spent mm. the whole game kind of it's, when you look back on it, you know, and watching bits of it again, um, we weren't we weren't under any kind of real sustained threat for Hibs. Although maybe Connor Goldson's you know kind of crazy goal line clearance, um, there wasn't too many reasons to panic. But you think going, he meant that on, on, on no, the, uh, no, I, I, I don't I I think I think he's leading with his right. He's trying to put he's trying to put it out in the near post, and it's yeah, just I think so. And he's just but, put it the other way. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mean that as part of that. I know a lot of people don't like Connor now, and I don't mean that. I just genuinely don't think, uh, no, I don't think he, he, meant he, he meant it. But it was that kind of game, you know. We, that's, yeah, even if you want to say that was a great clearance, that he did mean it. It comes from Borna Barisic, just no picking up his runner. 
you know, um, Borna Barris at the same time, though, is putting in lots of great last-ditch tackles. He's defending was much better. Gio's got him and Tav defending a lot better because they're not going as far forward in a game like this. But I don't think there was anybody that really played brilliant. I thought Glenn Kamara was the kind of polyfiller. Anything that was going wrong, he was plugging gaps. He was yeah. everywhere. I thought Glenn Kamara just generally all night was was, was one of our classiest uh, players, one of the guys who really got real pass marks. Um, I don't know that anybody actually got fail marks as such, but it just wasn't happening. Yeah, it was, it was real, strange, wasn't it? it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, the two guys, you got, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, Arfield and Roof come on and they're, they're heroes. But you don't know how much of that is because the rest of the, their teammates had maybe worn hibs down a bit. It was a kind of a war of attrition at times. Yeah. But it was a, it was, you know, it was like, it was a, I think it was a kind of increased discipline of their positioning. You know, tactically, we looked like, we looked like a team that was trying something new. You know, maybe not glaringly new to the naked eye, to the untrained eye, like my own. Um, but Gio's maybe said to them, he's been sitting in the stand, obviously, at Hamden. He doesn't know how maybe we usually would play Hibs at Easter Road. But he's, he's maybe went, right, we're not going to go forward. And the fullbacks are only going to pile forward uh, the way they usually would. It's a bit more defensive. And we looked at a team who knew what they were supposed to be doing, but just didn't have the familiarity with it. So it was a, there was a lack, of, a lack of fluidity, a lack of flow. But... Um, it was a, a, a massive result. I've seen us playing a lot better uh, at Easter Road than only getting a draw. You yeah. know, but especially Gerard's first kind of couple of seasons. But um, no, by the end, we did deserve it. We did deserve it. I hate, if you win, you win. I don't like this deserved nonsense. You know, there's no such thing really deserving football. But we, we we turned it out, and I think it could be. I think it's an absolutely uh, a massive result, and uh, it was just a just a crazy night. You know, you just I could never really settle. We got yeah, there, it was. I, I, I kind of my first point of getting the the fear, but actually maybe starting to think that this game wasn't going to be the game that I thought it was going to be was just before it and in, in the build up. Uh, Edith Barler was like, you know, these teams have, have scored X amount and conceded X amount. You know, when you see it, it'll turn it'll turn out and be a nil nil tonight. You know what I mean? Because everything leading up to it was two teams that can score, two teams that can definitely concede. There's going to be goals in this game, and the minute she said that, I was like, "Oh, this this could go the other way." Actually, you know, that's always the same when you expect a lot of goals. Actually, it, it goes the other way. I don't know if that's an indication of you know, Gio's thing about the now he's focused on getting yeah. the now, yeah. and he's and he's and if you want to look, well, I do want to look at it positively. I do look at it generally positively. He's come in and he's disrupted the flow of that fixture. We don't like that, but we're expecting a lot of goals, you no know, a lot of action. But he's come in and just said, "No, I'm kind of killing this dead." Yeah, and then we'll we'll grind it out and get. And when you look back on it, it's like a slow turning of the screw from Rangers. If you want to be really kind to our performance, you know I think we got away with a lot of stuff, but the stuff we were doing badly, Hibs were doing badly as well. And I feel as if do you know, do you know what? Our last Dutch manager. Um, I think that the high point for Dick Advocat might. You can always say that the point that we really realised Dick Advocat had arrived was the pivot, the Barry Ferguson pivot in Leverkusen. You know, we just mm-hmm. you watch that game back. You know, we, we beat we beat Bayer in Leverkusen, a phenomenal result back in '98. There's that moment where Barry Ferguson just turns with the ball, and for a second, especially if you're watching the clip on YouTube, you don't know what team's shooting what way. You know, it just like the Bayer Leverkusen team are trying to follow us as our whole midfield turns round as well. Turns the other way, yeah. And we go and we we leave them standing. We go through and go. In this game, I think you know Gio's maybe moment of turning it with Rangers was. Uh, when Calvin Bassey, 72, 73 minutes, Calvin Bassey had started kind of coming forward a bit 
is this, is this the wee, is this the wee drag back thing that he he's, done? He's tried, no, he tried that a few times. It wasn't happening, Calvin. Stop it. But he, he went forwards and he was just getting the hips half and he stopped and he's put the foot in the ball like I'm Barry Ferguson. And then he turns and he falls and it's just hips are all piling forward to our yeah. goal. And it's Porteous and he basically gives the ball away and gets tackled straight away as well. And in the other half of the centre circle and it was just like, it summed up that game. But I think that's maybe summed up Gio's approach of, no, they're just, I don't care how untidy it is. I don't care how long it takes you to learn my ways. Um, you're going you're gonna to do this my way and we're not going to have anybody running over the top of us ever the way he has run over the top of us uh, at Hamden. He's maybe overcompensated because that was a, a, although we've not been great this season, I think that was a freakishly bad performance at Hamden that day from Rangers. A, a Rangers team who just lost their manager, their whole management team. Um, but I think Gio's maybe looked at that and, and thought, no, I'm not letting that happen again. Maybe giving Hibs a bit more respect. Yeah, that, that, that's that's one thing I was going to say. I, I, I genuinely did think at one point in the game, we're, we're giving this mob too much respect. We're being Aye. overly cautious. But, you know, when 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 you put it in the sort of terms that you've just described there, you know, the last time Gio's seen Hibs, as you say, the steamroller does the game was, you know, according to Connor Goldson anyway, it was over at halftime. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, could, I could maybe understand that. I mean, in terms of in terms of the nil, you know, you know, he's had three games now. Geo, he's managed nil and two of them. You know, he's, the, the clean sheets are coming back again. And one thing I have to say, I have to sort of, uh, uh, you're talking about Calvin Bassey there. I kind of have to almost give a, a, an apology because a few weeks ago on the, on this show, I, we were talking about him maybe getting in at left back ahead of Borna Barisic because Borna's not playing so good and and he was playing well. And I was like, well. It, it, he should get get a game at left back because I tell you what, he's not he's not a centre back, but you would have to say over the last two or three games he really has he's performed superbly well. Colin, we were all the same. The entire Rangers support I think was the same when it came to yeah. Calvin. No harm to the guy. Um, we were just loving him. He was just we had our doubts about him as a left back this time last season. Um, mm. Even though I remember, I remember him coming on the, the game away to Standard Liège. And you know, uh, Borna picked up an injury there and had to go off. And Calvin came on, he just slotted in straight away when he came on, Calvin, that night. And I thought maybe he just needs the flow to be going, the shape to be established, and he'll come on and he'll he'll do he, he, he'll do great. He had a terrible game against St. Mirren uh, when we went out the League Cup that night, but so did a few others. But um he was great, he'd been great this season, he'd been getting better and better uh, at, at left back. And he's going forward really, really strong. He's defending just as strong, he's crossing, really improving. Um, and it was kind of like, oh no, you know he's going, you know he's going into centre half. Um, yeah. We don't really want, but again, everybody had the fear about it. I think, um, and maybe that's contributed. Maybe having to kind of babysitting through games has contributed to to Connor Goldson's, you know, increased number of mistakes the past few games. Um, but I think he's been absolutely fabulous. Uh, yeah. He's getting better and better. I'm having a pop. I laugh at him. Um, uh, just just like hearted. Don't mean any harm to the fella um, because he's trying to go forward. You know, but it was in good company the, the other night. I mean, Steve Davis was, was having a few nightmares as well. So he, it was it was just a kind of um, like a virus that spread through the, the whole game. Both teams just just couldn't yeah, get aye, it and, was it was definitely yeah. both teams. That, but that was just was a, just going forward at the back. Calvin, I thought he was great. Aye, uh, it's true what you say. It was a game that did lack quality, and and, and that's what you know. I'd really got myself built up for it, and like eighty minutes in, I was like, oh, this has been terrible. But anyway, on the eighty fifth minute, we, we we got the break that we probably arguably deserved because I, I do think in the second half we were pushing on a wee bit more uh, especially once the subs came on as you said 
Now, yet again, more sort of manufactured controversy around uh, a decision affecting Rangers. Penalty or no penalty, I mean, Chris Boyd did quite a good, you know, you know, you get soft-boiled eggs, you get hard-boiled eggs, but it's still an egg at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, I mean, my arse was off the couch claiming for it the minute it happened. Uh, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, I think, you know, when you think of the, the sort of stick that John Beaton's received about, you know, how he referees Rangers games and all the rest of it, took a long time to, to blow the whistle for that. You know, I mean, because it seemed to me that Kent had been down for two or three seconds and I'm still like, and he was yeah. looking and looking and looking. I thought, he's not going to give this, you know what I mean? And then eventually he gave it. But, I mean, again, you could argue it was soft. I'm not convinced. I think that the contact's fairly firm. But for me, whether it's soft or not soft, it's a penalty. Yes, absolutely. Michael Stewart said it was a penalty, Colin. Yeah. Saw, Andy saw, Walker said it was a penalty. Andy Walker says a penalty straight yeah. away. Um, he's he's clipped him. He's, he's, he's touched his. He's knocked his foot. Um, you see it in the replay from behind the goal, uh, clearer, clearer than him. But seen it, seen it in normal time. And that's the thing when it's slowed down from any other angle, it can look, you know, um, extra soft. But no, he's Ryan Kent. <laughs> I mean, the, the ball's just been up. He knows Sakala's coming on for him. Yeah. You know, score a penalty. Sakala sit down. It's yeah. lunchtime time. No, we're plugging things up. We're going 4 4 2. Um, but no, I, it, Ryan Kent was getting more and more joy in that left hand side. And then when uh, I think 65 minutes, we bring on uh, Arfields and Roof, and the increase in quality I thought was was palpable. First 20 minutes of that game, first 20 minutes of that second half, we were terrible. I thought we were going to go. Um, the kickoff, we, were just, we just looked switched off rather than more up for it. You're looking for increasing yeah. tempo. Um, after a kind of a bollocking for the for, for the manager, the flares come on. Snowballs last Sunday. The flares come on. And I'm hoping you know that maybe this is going to get us going. But no, another ten minutes. It's just all hibs. I mean, Conor Golson's getting the ball taken off his feet and then getting run past. The boy Campbell's take take them to the cleaners and stuff like that. We're just we're, we're all over the place at times, and yet had enough bodies there all the time to get away with it. But when Roof and Arfield come on, the combinations, Scott is pushing forward. Kamal's coming coming back as if it results with the two of them combining a couple of times in the middle of the park. Yeah, there was there was a good one with the roof. He sort of chested it into Arfield's run. It was just it was superb, we're, and, we're and I think that's what we were missing. We were missing that sort of running for deep and going right. beyond the sort of strikers. I said we're talking about the check. We're talking about, you know the, the the roof Chester. And we're talking about that on uh, Tuesday nights uh, preview pod, and there it was, you know, in full effect as a kind of build up uh, method as well. It was, it was fantastic, and we were just turning the screw, and the goal. Uh, the, the build up to the penalty, it's it's Kamara Roof is pressuring the Hibs defender. He doesn't get the ball away he wants. Glenn Kamara's in there, just taking it off the guy's feet again with the kind of you know telescopic legs of his fantastic Rolls Royce stuff. Hadji, what a ball across to Scotty Arfield who doesn't even need to look, and he's put it out to Kent. And Kent's been he's had the shot off the Portis's massive coupon. He's mm-hmm. had the, the the shot the goalie saved at near post. He's getting closer and closer, and he cuts inside. He's got Portis on toast, and Portis can't help himself. It's only because I think we're so used to seeing Portis going in there, studs up, trying to break shins, that um, you know anything anything less than that looks like he's not really trying uh, to tackle. But he's yeah. he's clipped him good and proper. He's a stone waller, mate. You know, basically as a stone waller. It's, it's almost yeah. like he's no hurt him. And because Ken, as a as a proper forward player, is is looking for it as well, it makes no difference. He got it, um, and there's just just no question uh, that it was a penalty. And brother beaten, 
um, who takes it. <laughs> who, you know, it couldn't make could he make it anywhere obvious? I mean, the Hibs players didn't take the knee, but Beaton did. Beaton took the knee with the Rangers players um, at, at kick off. Um, uh, but he just thought he'd make a sweat, you know, uh, a wee bit before he gave it. But that's what we tell. We're always telling referees: take your time, make a make a proper decision, take your no, time. Just, just just make the decision. Put me in my misery because I was standing. <laughs> like, oh. Let's get on. Is it a penalty? Is it an open? And I just wonder if it crosses referees' minds if they're getting a bit of abuse or a bit of criticism that it crosses their mind like, oh, can I give this? You know what I mean? Even though is it, it is because it's just going to be mere stick. It's because uh, of a campaign. Yeah, is it worth the hassle uh, giving Rangers a penalty? You know? Yeah, that's that, 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 that does kind of feel like that a wee bit at times. Uh, but, I mean, we got it and, and, and on roof, uh, me and my mate were, 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 were discussing this other day there and uh, about, you know, Geo maybe prefer him to Morelos because listening to Van Bronckhorst today at his press conference, you know, he was very much talking about the defending starts at the front. And, you know, I mean, one thing I will say is Alfie has been a wee bit more, his work rate has, in, has increased, there's no doubt about that. And I don't think he played necessarily bad on Wednesday night, but it just wasn't happening. And we bring on Roof. And I think straight away you see the difference. And, you know, five minutes to go. Uh, I'll come on to the other question about Ruth in a minute, but five minutes ago, you know, we need the three points and I hate the staggered run-ups, you know, I hate oh, it when they start doing that. But, I mean, I saw somebody suggesting on, on Twitter the day that it was a terrible penalty and, the, and if the keeper goes the right way, he saves it. But my sort of view in that would be, you know, he, he does the staggered run-up to see what way the keeper's going to go so he can just roll it the other way. So, I, I mean, I think... It's a hard watch, but it's 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 a skill and and it's a great penalty and it's it's it's, it's a skill he executed well. It's a brutal watch, aye, and it's one of those ones if you pull it off, which Kamaru has done three times out of three now this season, it's it's beautiful, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all got, I mean, it doesn't he? And we all and every time he does it now, I'm remembering the one against St. Johnson in the cup, yeah, that, uh, yeah. last season, which isn't fair in, in him or anybody else. Uh, you're thinking, no, why are you doing that? Because and what it is is because the likes of me, you know, in my two minutes of playing pub league football, you know, I'm just like hit the thing. You know, you'll get a certain amount of placement, you'll 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 take a wee bit of kind of velocity off it just so you can get that bit of accuracy. Um, you try to place it because if you blast it too hard, it's going to end up going over the bar. But um, so it makes you weird. It's like I, I'm left rooted because I, I haven't used to kind of favour my left foot. If I see somebody take a penalty with the right foot, it still it freaks me out. But right. Kamar Ruth doing that, oh, it's uh, you know, it's 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 uh, touch and cloth stuff. But when it goes in, <laughs> you're just like, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, we, think, we just worry what's going to happen if a goalkeeper just stands there and does and doesn't move. He gave him the eyes as well. He looks to the other. He looks to the other corner, uh, as well as as well as actually watching the goal to see where he's going to go. But he made him go first and long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a skill he's obviously worked on. You know what I mean? As you say, that's that's three penalties out of three. But it is, it's, it's so nerve-wracking. It's just, oh, no, I can't do with, with Tav, you knew. I mean, when Tav was going through that period when he was just scoring penalty after penalty, everything about the way he'd done it, he's run up, you know, he looked assured. You were you were always confident that he was going to score. I'm confident that Ruth will score. But that two, three, four-second process of, of him getting to that is horrible. You know, when he starts the stagger, you're like, oh, here we go. Uh, it's, it's it's no good to watch at all. In, in terms of you know the, the possibility that you know Geo might actually favour Roof as, as the number nine in terms of that you know defending from the the front more mobile uh, and and actually I do think his his goal ratio goal per game ratio is better as well. Is there a chance here that, that Morelos might feel a wee bit of heat? Absolutely, 
Aye, and I, th- I think it's deserved as well. The other thing you've got to remember uh, about that penalty is uh, another reason, you know, for the sidelines, I'm kind of thinking, oh no, um, in, my, in my kind of amateur playing head, is because he's only been on the park 20 minutes when he takes that penalty. You know, you've, he's only been on the park for 20 minutes and you've got that thing where you're thinking, oh, you need a player that's been playing the whole game, is properly warmed up, but the minute he arrives in that park, he is ready to go. Kamal Rufi mentally is so attuned. Um, even even in post-match interviews and that, Kamal Roof always sounds like somebody who's just can't wait to go into the next game. He can't wait for the interviewer to go into the next question. He's got a real kind of like focus on him that's quite scary and I love it. Um, so no, he's ready to go. Um, he's happy to bide his you know, happy to bide his time, but he knows how to bide his time. So when he arrives on the park, he's not in a huff. He's yeah. no, you know, it's like he's ready to go and do his utmost. And he's, he, him and Scott Arfield transformed that game the other night. Um, and I, I think, uh, I think he deserves his place tomorrow because we're in a situation um, where you can just even be saying to Alfie, look at the number of games we're playing. I think we're saying this to everybody in the team just now. Look at the number of games we're playing across this period. You know, so we actually need to rest players. It's not like a, it's not like a dropping or a criticism. You know, you're right what you're saying, Alfie's. Um, the, the, the brutal chances missed right on half time. He started that move from a, it was from a hips corner. You know, he's kind of started the move, bringing us out of our own box and all that. And then he's he's running on. He's he's piling on to get in the box for the cross. It's just it's no it's no work from on the night. And I don't think it's through lack of effort, uh, especially under Geo. It's just been he's been kind of, kind of hot and cold um, all season really. And it, the, the cold kind of came out the other night. The, the cold kind of won over uh, the other night. But I, I think I think if, if nothing else, more, more than Alfie deserves to be dropped, I think Kamar Roof uh, deserves a shot. You know, right on to to, to Dundee tomorrow at Ibrox. Uh, a couple of wee interesting stats here: uh, Rangers have won their last twelve top flight home games against Dundee. Uh, a run stretching back to March two thousand and one when we were beat two 0 I was at that game. I'm sure Gavin Ray scored in that game for Dundee. Uh, Dick Advocat was a manager. I had to double check the day because I did. I thought, see if Gio played in that game. There's, there's the jinx straight away. But he, he was away. He never, he never, he, he didn't play in that game. So 2001 is the last time uh, Dundee have came to Ibrox and won. Uh, in that time, we've scored 37 goals uh, against them, and we've, we've only conceded four. Uh, another wee stat: promoted sides uh, are winless in the last 16 away games against the reigning Scottish champions. The last promoted side to go to Ibrox or Celtic Park and win uh, was uh, Cel- uh, Hamilton, sorry, they beat Celtic in 2014. Uh, another one is Gio's first home game as a, in charge in the league. And the last manager not to not to win his, his first home, home game at Ibrox is Mark Warburton, apparently August 2016, 1-1 draw with Hamilton. I was at that game as well. That was Joey Barton's. Yeah. The year that's the year he came in. Oh. So lots of stats going uh, in, in Rangers' way here. You know, it's it's been a long time since the, the Dundee have came to Ibrox and won. First time I saw Dundee at Ibrox actually was '84, uh, and they beat us three two in the Scottish Cup. They were two nothing up. Uh, I'm sure Cammy Fraser and Ian Ferguson scored that day. And yes. I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the Copeland front, just sort of to the, the left hand side behind the goal. Dave McPherson made it two each and he came running right up to where me, me and my dad were and I just remember celebrating and then like five minutes later Dundee equalised the, sorry Dundee went 3-2 in front and I'm sure Ian Redford got sent off in the last sort of two, three minutes so that's my abiding memory of Dundee at Ibrox but, but I mean it's, it's, a, it's a long time since they've won however they are, they are in a bit of they're a bit of form at the moment you know they've, they've 
the last six have won, uh, I've got it here, they've won three in the last six, lost two, drawn one. They're sitting third in the form table. So, you know, I mean, history says Rangers should win this and, and form would suggest that. But it's maybe not as as a foregone conclusion. It was maybe going to be maybe four or five weeks ago. You know, Dundee were, were struggling a few weeks ago. That seems to have turned, you know, they've had a bit of run of form. Yeah. The first thing's first, Colin. I mean, they, they start, it's all they start. You get a life, mate. I mean, that's just so boring, you know? I know. I, I'm imagine being one of these folk who sits and looks up hundreds of football stats and finds I, them I know. interesting. It's shocking. It's, I don't it's, understand folk like you. I'm just, I'm just trying to fill dead air. Alex, that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, and I think, I, I'm trying to think, you've got me thinking, that is one, that's the first Dundee game I remember. I think I was at that one as well. Because um, he put us out the Scottish Cup two years in a row. Sorry, the, the one where it's Cammy Fraser. Cammy yeah. Fraser and uh, Ian Ferguson, Ian Ferguson, the one, yeah. you know, two goals against Inter Milan, Ian Ferguson, uh, scoring for Dundee. So we signed the two of them. I think we'd, mm-hmm. we'd drawn two each at Dens Park. It was a replay. Yeah, a replay on a right. Saturday. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think, I don't know if we were down to 10 men and we were losing as well. And I think maybe we didn't do nothing. We come back to two each. It's one of the real sick ones where we come back to two each and we're got, the place is going crazy. And uh, then Dundee just got a part and score again. Right, you know? Yeah, I do. And, I remember uh, so we buy we buy Fraser and, and Ferguson. That's that that sort that out. We get in the following season the Scottish Cup. John Brown John, scores. John Brown scores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we signed him, and it worked out a bit better. <laughs> I think Kenny just scored that time. The last time they beat us at Ibrox, we signed him as well. So, um, I do, I mean, no, Gavin Gavin Ray definitely scored that that game. I'm sure he I, scored that time they beat us. And we signed I, Gavin Ray. But you know, yeah. I remember Savo Milne scoring from as well Dundee Ibrox, and he comes back. We didn't we didn't sign him, so he came back and put us out the the League Cup. Uh, St Johnson when they were a division below us uh, under Leguin so if we don't sign them it just gets worse it just gets worse and worse uh, no I mean it's, it's I, and I, but from my paranoid uh, kind of superstition point of view I don't like that that it's been so long so you long know? yeah you know but the other side of that um, something we are talking about again the other night I like the fact that Dundee are in a bit of form um, they're beating the teams they're supposed to be beating you know and, and, and the kind of season they're, they're trying to stay up First and foremost, maybe even now they've got hopes of top six, um, which means they're exerting the proper amount of energy on the likes of uh, St. Johnston the other night. I mean, Derby win for them, cracking, they did really well that game, lovely goal they scored. And then they're, and they're you know, doing the business against Motherwell. They beat St. Mirren by one goal, you know, in Paisley, which is something we've managed this season. We know that's a hard thing to do. Uh, so I, I like the fact that they're exerting plenty of energy that way. And maybe when they come to Ibrox, hopefully. You know they'll find it's you know the kind of balance of the season, the, the focus of the season, um, is 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 on the teams that they've got a realistic chance of beating. They've always got a realistic chance of beating us as well. But if we can be on one game, it maybe just be too much for them. Um, as I, as I was saying the other night, I, that's something I generally like. I also like the fact, like you know, Dundee United get beat midweek, so they'll get something to prove when they yeah. play Celtic at Sunday. Yeah, that's the kind of other side of it. But I, it's one of those ones that horrible thing. I just. As well as they're doing, I just don't see, you know, I love wee Paul, Paul McMullen. I um, think he's a cracking, Paul McGowan, sorry, I think he's a cracking player. Uh, has been for years. He's like 34, but Charlie Adams, like 30, 36, I think it is next week or something like that, 37. I don't know. He's, he's, he's well old anyway. Cracking I mean, players. He, he looks about 10 he, years older than he actually looks, he, I, Charlie's always looked, when he started with us, he looked about 36. So he's, <laughs> um, I, we, we, just, we just should have too much for them. We should have too much for them. 
We played them. At, we played them at Dens Park, though. That's one of our worst performances this season. But that's what I'm talking about. Dundee are really struggling at that point, and they kind of give us a real hard time. A lot of that was down to ourselves that day. But I'm hoping now they're on a wee flow and they're finding their level, so to speak. I don't mean that. I don't mean that patronisingly. I just mean realistically that coming to Ibrox is they've got they've got Ross County away, for example. They're at Dingwall the following weekend. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping they're more focused on that and just they come just looking for a bonus uh, tomorrow. And uh, we we need the points. And if we, and we need do, it, we'll and, 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 and that's where I was going to take it, you know. And given you know some of the announcements in terms of you know, as you say, Celtic are going to Tannadice, which this season has proven difficult for most teams. It was it was it was beyond us earlier on this season. And Celtic have got a couple of injuries, so you know it's vital for us to get those three points. So you would think, in terms of motivation, we should be the more motivated team tomorrow. You know, what I mean, we should be going there looking for those three points. Aye, absolutely. The thing for me, Colin, see as it's kind of hard to believe um, every time they repeated that start the other night. That was the 20th, 20 games now since Hibs have beaten us in the top flight at Easter Road, obviously, with the games in the, the championships that were with a, a 4 nothing stuff in there. But also we beat them 6-2 in the Challenge Cup at Easter Road. Yeah. These are kind of outliers. But suddenly you're like, we've, how have we managed to go 20? You know, Hibs kind of hate us so much. So that's the thing that Hibs are always up for it against Rangers. But it's actually Celtic. You know, it's yeah. no, there's no method they're up for it, but they, they, they have a, they don't have. But, a, but are they up for it though? I mean, even the fans. I mean, the the, the, the attendance the other night. I don't want to go I, back to the game too much, but the attendance the other night for a big game against a club that they hate. Aye, that's shocking. It. That's it. And I think the thing for me is that Celtic. It's actually Celtic that get a terrible record. That's what I'm talking about in terms of you know maybe you're, you're more better Rangers fans uh, will see it as oh, two teams maybe Irish heritage and playing in green yeah. and white. Hibs all lie down. Celtic got a terrible record at Easter Road. They hadn't actually beat them. They beat them uh, that, that was the thing. They beat them last month, though. Oh, sorry, October. They beat them in October. Celtic, uh, kind of quite easily by all accounts. Um, and that's a big result for them. And that's one of those ones that kind of, you look at it and you think, that's a game, like, basically, since Hibs have come back up uh, for, the top, uh, for, the, for, the, for the championship, back into top flight, they've always taken points off Celtic at Easter Road. Mm-hmm. I think they drew with them three times last season or something. Yeah. Uh, so that Celtic have went to Easter Road and won um, so we kind of had to um, and, and, and we did and the problem is it's home fixtures I think because the big headline is uh, we lost our, our unbeaten league record went to Tannadice and last season we dropped or only, we only dropped points on the road so you might kind of feel Rangers away from home or under more you know under more pressure but it's yeah. at Ibrox we've dropped twice as many points at Ibrox this season as we have because it's been draws and we've still got an unbeaten record at Ibrox, it maybe doesn't seem so bad in general. But I'm really... Gio's, he's got his... We're not conceding the first goal anymore. When we go in front, we stay in front in his three games so far. Um, the next thing he's got to actually tackle is that Rangers don't drop points at Ibrox. And the two times I've done that is by taking the lead and then conceding in, in, yeah. in the second half. So... This isn't just a kind of welcome home geo and no kind of formality. He's actually he's still got he's, he's still got what to do, you know, in terms yeah, of changing the rhythm under Gerard. Well, it's, it's like six, is it no six points we've dropped to Ibrox, you know, aye. Motherwell, Motherwell, Aberdeen, and Hearts. Hearts, you know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, like in terms of tomorrow's squad update, I mean, Geo gave an update today. He's, he's presser Ryan Jack back in the squad. He was he was admitted for the squad entirely on on Wednesday there. Uh, and and Van, Bron- uh, Van Bronckhorst was saying that you know he's going to start getting minutes now, so I, I think he'll feature at some point tomorrow. He says he's going to try and get him uh, into the team. A wee update on uh, Balogun as well. Apparently he'll be training from Sunday and should be available for selection soon, which will be good because as good as Bassi's been at that at that sort of 
left centre back goal. I don't think we're getting enough for Borna. So it'd be good to actually get Bassey back out there, if you know what I mean, and 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 improve the sort of delivery that, that's coming for there because Borna's just I just don't think he's on it at all uh, uh, this season. So yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the squad, it, it feels like options are becoming available again. I think Ryan Jack's a big one. You know, I, I think this, I mean, I don't think we're going to see a huge amount of them between now and, and the winter break. But once we get into the back nine, so to speak, once we get over that halfway point in January, after the January break, you know, he, he could become a pivotal figure. Aye, absolutely. And I, I feel as if we just need everybody back. You know, straight away, I'm saying as you're saying, we all do this as supporters. We're thinking, you know, if Balogun comes back, you know, where are we going to accommodate Bassey? Because we need to have him in. You know, you start thinking it, and so quickly it just becomes a situation where, you know, Celtic, even we're playing Celtic this season, we're playing third choice goalie, third choice, you know, fallback. Quickly, you just lose players incredibly quickly. And I've all, I almost have this strange feeling of, like the other night, that's another three points we've managed without Hollander. You know, because it's almost like, can we just keep racking up points until until Big Phil comes back and we can, yeah. you know, we can get him showing things up at the back because he'll, he'll make us all feel safe again. You know, um, but it's a bit of a slight because Rangers, Rangers have been doing, generally been doing fine at the top of the league, you know. Um, but aye, we need we need everybody back. And Ryan Jack, I think, do you think Gio's maybe come in and he's looked and he said, no, it's too, they've maybe had a look at him and just said, no, just because he was, Gerard was bringing him back. Gerard yeah. was, was starting to play him and they've just said, no, you're not ready yet. You know, take another week off or whatever and I, come back. I, and it's I, weird. I found what he said on Wednesday night quite interesting because when he was at the squad, I texted my mate straight away. I was like, he's not even in the squad. And uh, I was like, he must have had another injury again. And then and in, in, in his pre-match interview, he said, no, no, uh, I didn't want to risk him tonight because we've only got seven substitutes. <laughs> I remember the days when, when it was two, you had two substitutes, you know, you're like, come on, Gio, you've only got seven substitutes. You know, I, I, I found that a bit of an odd comment. And then, in, and then in my paranoid mind, I'm thinking, well, if you can't get in that, in, in the seven substitutes, maybe Gio's thinking, no, you're not for me, you know. You're, but, I mean, obviously today he said he's back in the team, he's back in the squad. You know, I, I think if the game goes well tomorrow, and, and we're in a good position in the sort yes. of final third of the game. Uh, you know, it might come on for the last sort of twenty minutes, half hour, and, and start getting minutes in the legs. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's that's the other thing. You know, we, we just uh, you feel like it's, it's a spoiled getting a bit ungrateful for how brilliant we were last season. But in terms of Rangers actually winning the league, the, the, how, how the machinations of that. You know, um, you need to have a game every now and then where you can relax. You know, where you're maybe three three nothing up at half time or something like that, and yeah. you can bring on uh, your Ryan Jack and that kind of situation. I don't know about you, Colin. Um he was your player of the season last season, Steve Davis, um, an absolute god of it. I just adore the guy, and, I, and again, I hate saying this, but he looked maybe a bit off it the other night, yeah. like, he's, like yeah. he needs more rest. And I'm actually, I've kind of swapped him with Glenn Kamara in my mind. This I just suddenly realised the other night, I'm now worried about Glenn Kamara needing a rest because he seems as vital a cog in that midfield particularly um as Steve Davis seemed last season. You know, like yeah. we, we just got to keep so if we get Ryan Jack back, you know, then we, we can we've got somebody else to come in there because we're no sure we're not sure about Big Lundstrom yet. He's not really you know he's, he's not the real deal yet. Yeah uh, uh, a strange one because he was playing so well and now he, he just seems to be completely out of things. He's he's having he's having a run of form, you know, I mean that's he was our man of the match when we beat Dundee at Dens Park. You know, and I just said, as I just said, it was a terrible performance. And I think that's the way his season was going, Lundstrom. He was the cause of or near to fatal goals that we were losing. 
Um, and then when he was playing well, it was when everybody else was playing badly. And kind I of think, you know, he's not really had that moment where Rangers have been bloody great tonight and Lundstrom was the best. You know, he's, yeah. he's not really had that complete kind of arrival yet. And I think we've got that with like a Scott Wright, Fashion Sakala, even if he's still in that bracket. We've got a lot of players who are just kind of on the cusp. We know they can do it, but they maybe need the rest of the team to be to be on form yeah, as well. Firing. Yeah, you know, so we don't know what's going to happen in January. Obviously, Gio probably maybe want to bring in his own guys or whatever, but to give it a bit of a freshen up. But this is why this schedule we've got just now: weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, up to the Christmas period, and that we need to have as many players available as possible. And that's that's the only thing. It sounds super greedy, as I say. It sounds super spoiled, but. I'm looking at Gio's, the, the three games he's had, you know, we scored it, we scored maybe what, against 55 minutes or something, we get the second goal against Sparta Prague. Say that's 40 minutes, we're, you know, terrified we're going to lose one goal. So I'm kind of crapping myself for 40 minutes during that game. I think it's 50 minutes before we get the third decisive goal against Livingston. So I was so basically crapping myself for half of his first two games. And then that was 85 minutes the other night. And let's be honest, I thought Hibs were going to go up the park and equalise straight yeah. away the other night. So I've not really been relaxed. I've been enjoying the results and enjoying the performances in retrospect. But I would just, I think we would all just like it for ourselves, selfishly as fans, but also for the, the players need to go put on a wee show, just get themselves an easy game. You know, yeah. and amongst this run for a psychological break and as much as a break to the legs, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So a break would, for would... the legs, not a break of the legs. Of the legs, yeah. That, that's that's an important distinction to make. It I think, really is. Alex. <laughs> yeah, especially especially in a pod when Ryan Portis has popped up more than once. <laughs> uh on it like the on it Dundee. I mean, I mean they do have some big names in their squad. You know, you've mentioned Charlie Adam Eller on there, you know, our, our great friend Lee Griffiths is there, Jason Commons, you know, ex-Rangers man, he's there. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's day two I want to talk about, you know, because, I mean, at the start of the season, that, that when I saw Cummins was there, I thought, well, that's a good signing for them. And then when Griffiths, as much as I don't like him, <coughs> when he went to Dundee, you're thinking, well, that's a, that's, a decent, that's a decent sort of striking duo that they've got. But the thing is, they're, they're not getting a huge amount of game time because the, the, the boy Danny Mullins just, you know, he's he's top of the goal scoring charts. He's, he seems to be the main man at the moment. Lee Griffiths, one goal in eight appearances. Jason Cummins got three and 11 but Danny Mullins got three and eight, and I think I think he scored last week against was it Motherwell? I think he scored aye. last week. So he seems to be the man in form, you know, and it seems to be that he's feeding off the fact that he's got these two sort of fairly big names that he's got to try and live with and, and, and get into the team. I he's got like uh, one, one we hate and one we love, you know. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. got a, you know ex Ranger and ex Celt um, try to try to get his place off him, but he's he's making a big noise about the fact that he thinks he's the number one striker, yeah, than D yeah. Mullen and. Um, He's got the number nine jersey. And from what I've seen of him, that, that was a lovely goal. He scored the other night. You know, lovely ball in from McGowan. He's taken it, he's turned um, and just slotted it away very professionally, very nicely. But frankly, if Rangers let a goal like that, if we, if we can see the goal like that tomorrow, I'll be absolutely raging. I just, one thing I don't think Dundee have is, is pace of any, real pace of any sort. Um, they've got plenty of guile, I think. Um, and Paul Mullen, cracking player, at that kind of level between championship up to you know maybe top four just below the top four um in, in, in the premier league or the premiership i don't i don't think they should be causing us that many problems but you never know i mean lee griffiths went off uh, he's having a bit of a, he's having you know a few problems he went off and we quite enjoyed it he went off early when he was playing against us at, at dens this season but i've already had scott brown scoring against us into Copeland this season i don't really want to see lee griffiths getting a sniff yeah. Uh, of, of goal tomorrow or if he does I just want it to be a consolation um, I, I I just 
you know, I, I just think we should have too much for them, uh, Colin. Um, and if we don't, we're, we're seriously, we're seriously off our game, and it would put a bit of a dent in the kind of, you know, I, I, I think we're still at that point where it could be new manager bounce. You know, you want to see almost like we step up a gear now. We had a bit of a lull, if you like, at Easter Road. The performance wasn't wasn't tremendous, but I think it's enough of a lull that if we went and we stepped up a gear again tomorrow, you're thinking, yeah. Geo's Geo's on a run. He's got yeah. us going. You know, it's not just a case of everybody's trying for the new guy. I think if we win tomorrow, that'll be the first time this season. I could be wrong here. I'm I'm taking a pot shot in the back, but I think it could be the first time we've won three league games in a row. I might be wrong. I can't be wrong by much if I am wrong. No, because... no, you must be because we lo- no because we lost what we we lost to Dundee United at the second game, wasn't it? The second game of the season mm-hmm. we lost it to Aye, and then we've drawn me Motherwell, drawn me. Hearts, draw me Aberdeen. I've only played 15 games. So, you know, nah, you must be. will <laughs> be fine, will be fine. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and Lee Griffiths, I mean, <laughs> we, we know, you know, he's, he's getting a lot of stick these days, every ground he goes to because of his uh, activities on social media, shall we say. Uh, I don't think he's going to get an easier time at tomorrow. No, no. <laughs> um, I just, and I think, you know, when you've behaved the way he has, you know, uh, at Ibrox in, in particular, you know, if you're going to go tie in scarf and goalposts and things like that and spitting in crests and things like that, listen, you know, I, I actually, as a Scotland player as well, I, I liked Lee Griffiths. I thought he's one of these guys, you know, he's, a, he's, he's just daft enough, you know, to be brilliant. Um, but some of the stuff with Rangers has been a bit, I think he's just daft. I think the boy's just daft, you know. Um, to me, you know, in my early 50s, he is just, he is just a boy. Um, I like the fact that he got the hair implants and then shaved them. That was that's that. I think to get hair implants so you can get a crew cut, I think is different. It's different level. Um, that's a sign of the. That's a sign of his special genius. But I can't help being a. I can't help being a Ranger supporter and just wanting him to get not a sniff tomorrow. Yeah, aye. I would. I would want him to get a sniff, but I want McGregor to make a world class save again. <laughs> don't, don't get it off him. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, reception at Ibrox, uh, spoke about Merrill and Charlie Adam. You know, ex Rangers man, a player I quite liked at Ibrox. I've got to say, and I thought he was one of these ones that got a bit of hard time uh, when he did play for us. I, I, I sometimes feel that the Rangers support just select someone and. That's it, you know. When things start going bad, that's the guy they sort of focus on. And I think Charlie Adam suffers from a wee bit of that. But that said, I mean, uh, after these comments in 2012, you know, he kind of said when when Rangers were going through their financial troubles, don't really care. It's going on to do with me, all that kind of thing. I think we got a wee insight at the the Legends game and when Gerard played for Liverpool in that Legends game, he was there that day. What sort of reception he can expect tomorrow? And I don't think it will be overly warm, uh, if I'm being honest. I, I wasn't at the Legends game, and it's funny. This, this is this is just this is just passed me by. As did, to be honest, his, his comments. I'd, I'd seen things in past. Obviously, hear stuff, and I think even my mate Robert had said to me after what Charlie Adams said, and um, it must have been my round or something because we never really, I never really took the conversation any further. Um, I, I don't, you know, I wasn't really aware that he'd, he'd been that kind of snidey towards us, or whatever. My my abiding memory of uh, Charlie Adam, apart from you know. Like, some of these absolutely lovely goals for us and a fantastic display. He was great. I think the thing that sums him up is he was great under Le Guin in Europe. You know, a period that everybody generally hates at Rangers. Yeah. Charlie Adam was smashing. I, I touched on the Lundstrom this season. It's like Charlie Adam's career um, at Rangers. It never really got um, the praise that it should have. It never really took off the way it should have. I just remember one day at Pataudry, um, I think it was a Sunday, Sunday game in the winter time. 
And the teams come out for the second half, and Aberdeen must have come out later. And Charlie Adams is just up standing at the touchline, just talking away, everybody talking away to the, the Rangers supporters, just, just yeah. chatting. You know, I don't even think it was about that, but I don't know we're chatting about the road up to Aberdeen or something like that. And he was just, uh, just seemed like a lovely guy. So I found it, I found it kind of weird um, that he was, that he was, he was saying bad things about about the club, but didn't seem to care enough. But my main worry uh, is that he's what a career he's had in, in England. You know, in terms of sheer experience and, and knowing the game, he's playing for his. This is his childhood. Club, this is the team he yeah, did yeah, actually yeah, want to play, play, play for, yeah, you know, which we take umbrage at, I think, um, sometimes. Why wouldn't it be Rangers? But, um, he's played for Liverpool, played for Stoke, Blackpool, you know, he's a cracking, a cracking career. Um, maybe not as, as great as he wanted to be, but it's no half bad at that when you get to play at Anfield uh, for, for Liverpool, um, for a few games. So, yeah, no, I'm just worried that that wee bit of experience might uh, cause problems for us tomorrow. But I just, again, I just keep coming back to it, Colin. I think I'm just, I'm just kind of super psyched. Uh, for tomorrow, we should run over the top of Dundee tomorrow um, without even really thinking about it. And I just, I hope that's what we do. And um, I'll not be booing Charlie Adam or no, no, neither will I. Slate number doing Lee Griffiths though. You know, <laughs> I, he can he can get it right with him. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's that's again even even with Lee Griffiths, it's the same with Scott Brown. Maybe I'm just too old, but I was never that annoyed at them. I was just annoyed at Rangers for not being able to sort them out. I think they're. They're from that era where that was what liquidation did to us. We'd, we've seen guys like Stuart McCall and all that, you know, he would just run over the top with like some yeah. Brown or, or Griffiths or what have you. Them getting to act the kind of fast track bullies and getting to big themselves up just showed how kind of classless they were. And kind of, it's just a bit stupid, the guys, you know. And um, I just feel as if I didn't really want to give them the satisfaction of uh, of hating them that much. But um, I, hope we, I hope we get the last laugh over them tomorrow, obviously. Yeah, so they are, uh, and we'll find out. And and on to tomorrow. I mean, myself and and Stuart. I think we're going to do some some pre-match stuff. I think me and you are hooking up afterwards for some post-match stuff. So look out for that. There'll be more stuff over the weekend, and obviously we'll have the 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 flagship show on Sunday. I believe Ross is hosting. I think you're on that as well, Alex. Are you not? Yeah, I, I'm I'm union, Colin. I'm union. You can't. Uh, no, you're in. Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're salaried. That's it. You're in. <laughs> I've got the night off on Sunday as well. I'm, I'm, I'm in there. I've got the night off on Sunday. I'm putting up my Christmas tree and having some mulled wine. So I'll have my feet out watching you guys. Uh, so that's all for this uh, episode of the sort of post-match, sort of post-match, uh, the preview show. Remember, guys, the show will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms tomorrow, including the Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. In the meantime, between now and Sunday, obviously get yourself onto the JersNet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Remember, we'll have some post-match stuff uh, and pre-match stuff tomorrow and the main show on Sunday. Uh, until the next time, guys, bye for now.